Welcome to the Educational Leadership Series, Lead Change in Education, where your co-hosts, Adam Drummond and Mark McAmoyle, talk with educational leaders across the country in ways that they're boosting student academic achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Each episode is especially designed to examine the ways that you can be instructional change agents in your schools as you work to reform culture, instructional planning, learner engagement, and community advocacy in your schools or in your districts. Take the ideas from our guests and work to apply them in your schools so that you can be instructional change agents too. Hi, welcome to another exciting cast where we talk with educational leaders who are making change in their schools and districts across the country. And Mark and I are joined today with Dina Roshlow, who is the Assistant Superintendent at Ferndale Public Schools in Ferndale, Michigan. Hi, Dina. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here joining us today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the district before our listeners today? All right, well, I'm very proud to be part of our Ferndale School family. We're a small district right outside of Detroit, Michigan. We have about 3,000 students that we are honored to work with and support every day from um, early childhood through adult and alternative ed. Um, We are a diverse district. We have about 65% African-American, 30% other, 35% other. Our diversity really comes from our socioeconomic status. So we have students who live in $20,000 homes to students who live in million dollar homes and you know a large population of homeless students not super large but you know expanding Um, and that's a little bit about our school family personally I am from Florida but I moved up to Michigan um, about 20 years ago and started working in Oakland schools as an ISD as an as a consultant um, but really miss students so children is what we're in this for So I became a principal at a school that had four principals in four years. They were failing in the eyes of the state. And in the first four years, we never made any changes in instructional pedagogy. What we did change is our internal mindset and focused on social emotional learning. And that's kind of where we took the district as well. So that's where we started our work as a Personally, I'm a mom of two incredible kids. One is an adult, and one is came 17 years later, and he is now going into second grade. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. Mm-hmm. So, so Dina, um, it's an interesting path. Thank you for sharing your background. Um, clearly, you have a passion for social-emotional learning, and there was something in your intuition that said, before we get into pedagogy and other pieces, and this is pretty progressive because this is a number of years ago. This wasn't the buzzword of the day. You said this is important starting point. What, what indicators uh, did you have that this was an important starting point in your particular uh, building or culture? One of the things that I noticed when I, in 2002, when I took over um, Roosevelt Primary, um, which was failing in the eyes of the state, my staff was very stressed. I don't know if they even noticed that they were stressed but they had had four principals in four years. This district at the time had restructured. And so our school went from an all white school to a very diverse school. And at the time there was no, nothing put in place to support the teachers learning about what's best for students. And so they always did what they always had done. And what we know is that when we change the experience, we change the brain. So when I started, one of the things that I did was really focus on adult learning. And we spent all of our time 
really looking at the science of research and using that for ourselves. And so we've built teacher efficacy, and at the same time, we were really trying to build a school family and have that collective work. And we all come with our different backpacks, right? We come with our biases, our backgrounds, our experiences, but when it comes to kids, we need to put those aside and come up with common language, common values, common goals to support students. And so that's what we did. And when we did that, we were outperforming our non-Title I schools hmm. um, and really did some great work. I think the best work was the mutual respect between myself and my staff and my staff and my students because they brought more joy into the classroom because they knew how to support students. They learned how to respond and not react. All of those things that are so important. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. That was fantastic. I so appreciate not only your knowledge, but your passion for how do we ensure that we're providing the best learning environment for kids. And so when you talked about the collective teacher efficacy, we know Hattie's research tells us that that's one of the best indicators in really increasing student achievement. And the other piece around that then is, of course, that adult learning piece. And I think so many administrators don't think about adult learning, right? right? We, we think about professional development, we think about professional learning, but we really don't think about how do we support our teachers and our other staff, because it's not just teachers, right? right? Sometimes Absolutely. it's our classified staff that we're helping support as well. Um, but we don't think about what's the best way to provide them the opportunity to grow and expand. And so I so appreciate that you shared that. Um, how, did your, how did your faculty respond to that shift in, in adult learning? I really focused, funny thing is I, they didn't have a leadership team. They didn't have any systems in place at the building at the time, and that's fine. Um, so we really put together a leadership team. I would say most of the people on the leadership team really thought that maybe they could be naysayers mm. and at first because I really wanted us to move from a traditional school model and traditional school models are built on rejection. They're built on obedience. They're built on rules that we're not thinking about students and staff. And so we wanted to move from traditional to a community relationship model. Over time, everyone really bought into it. There were a few people that did not, and that's okay. I wouldn't want them teaching my children or anyone else, right? Yeah. That's the reality. At one time, my mom came up, she's from Florida, she's very big into the environment and the physical environment and it should mirror your community. And she was helping kind of put some stuff together and one of the veteran teachers said, your daughter seems really nice, but I don't think she's gonna last here. My mom's like five foot tall at the most and she said, I don't think you know my daughter. (laughs) He retired in December and we wished him well because he was really set on traditional traditional kind of school model and that's not what we wanted that's not what our children deserve great so that's fantastic so uh i'm picturing the elementary level but i know you've done some really great work at the maybe middle and high school level as well i did some research and can you tell the listeners a little bit about impact hour and how that supported social emotional learning at the high school level please certainly so we did start our work at the elementary level and you know it was a little bit easier People were a little bit more empowered about it. They, they're not subject specialists. They're expected to teach everything, so it was kind of a natural learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did some of the same stuff. So we had the five SEL competencies, and we had our elementary teachers list the specific essential skills we thought our kids needed. 
we did the same simplistic activity with secondary listed the five SEL competencies and said, what do you feel our students need to know more about? And what did it look like? Organization, time management, attention, working memory, all of those things. So that simplistic activity, we took that and we talked about what, what learning do we need as adults to do that? And so our teachers started shifting their thinking about how can I help kids with working memory? How am I, as an adult, maybe fragmenting their executive functioning? Because if I go to Dina's classroom and Adam's classroom, and we're not doing the same thing about how to turn in homework, and certain rituals that are super easy to do and change as the adult, we're helping make widen or really widen that achievement gap mm -hmm. right simple things we can't ignore anymore because neuroscience says this is important and so we started the work and the teachers came to the negotiation table and said Dina has really got us into this work we want to learn about this work but how do we do this if we don't have a seventh hour and so the union came to the negotiation table and said can we have a seventh hour? And so you know that story, the little train that could? I know I, I think I can, I think I can. That was a day that we knew we were up the hill, and yeah. it's still hard work. There are still people who are fearful to make that change, but they, need, they know that they have permission to do it, and that's important. And the more we learn just about executive functioning alone, the more we know we need to make some shifts in our daily practices for schools. One of the things that I will tell you about Impact Hour that I wish I could have changed from the beginning is that now we have students that are helping write that curriculum. That was a game changer. I wish I would have started with students on the committee from the beginning. Mm. They are the ones that know what we need. And so with Impact Hour and even at the elementary learning modules, our staff, our teachers, take a survey three times a year, our students take a survey three times a year, and our families do. And we use that data to modify all of this work. So at first when we started, we had one district SEL committee, but now every school has their own SEL committee and they modify their adjustments. So we have K2 modules, we have 3-5 modules, we have 6-8 impact hour, and we have 9-12. And it looks a little bit different in every building, and it should. It should be flexible for the teachers, right? They need to have permission and agency to change what they want to do, but keep with the topic. Yeah. So. Wow. Adam, if you don't mind me saying, yeah, I've said in a couple of your sessions, you talk about change agent. Mm. Uh, we have one in front of us here. Oh, and I've noticed you haven't used the word I once. Uh, you sound like you're very collaborative. You've brought together a culture. I, I, I'm inspired by your work. Yeah, yeah. me too. I, I, I was just sitting in awe because I feel like you're speaking my educational love language, <laughs> right, around student voice. I told you when voice. I read your book, like, right? I was like, you, yes. you and I, are, we're meant to be. I know, right? <laughs> um, but it, it's about that student voice, right? Yeah. The schools were created for students, not for adults. Yeah. And I think when we can create a shared learning environment where our teachers and our staff 
staff see that, then the sky's the limit for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what our kids deserve, and that's what we owe them as educators. I agree. I so agree. This, was been, this has been so much fun. Thank I you. I so appreciate you coming on our show and talking with us. And if you want to learn more about Dina and the work that she's doing in Ferndale, Michigan, you can follow Dina on Twitter at DRoshelo for kids. And her contact information is also below. But, Dina, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining another exciting episode of Lead, Change, in Education, where we talk with educational leaders just like you and how they're boosting student achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Tune in to our weekly podcast by joining and subscribing to the podcast platform that works best for you. You can also follow Adam at Adam D. Drummond or Mark at MWHS Principal on Twitter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can use the hashtag LeadChangeEd to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that are happening in education related to our podcast as well as the work that we do each and every day. Until next time, be the change you wish to lead in your schools. Mm -hmm.